This is Pound in Victory. Well, hello, this is Pastor Tim welcoming everybody back to the podcast, and we hope everybody is still following us. And for those that hear us for the first time, we would like them to do the same thing. Um, we're re- very grateful for all those that sign up and follow us. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and, you know, if anybody has comments, we like to hear them, and we could respond to them. <clears throat> and uh, uh, once again, uh, my wife, Lynette is here with us, Chrissy and her husband, Carlos. We trust everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Now we're looking forward to Christmas coming up. And that's a very blessed time for everybody to look forward to Christmas. So tonight we want to look at a few scriptures. We want everybody's attention, if you would. And if you got a Bible, we hope you can open it up and follow along and make notes. The scripture we want to start out with tonight is John chapter 6. In verse 63 and we're going to do out of the King James Bible so if everybody's got one if you don't follow along uh, listening and taking notes and you can always go back and look at it later and this is the words of Jesus it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life yes isn't that a beautiful scripture today I was in a little bit of a conversation with a man that uh, uh, was doing some work on our church and in the process of visiting you know I said to him I said you know a question to ask people is you know if God appeared right now as he did in some of the ways in the Old Testament before us you know if he came as a cloud if he came as a, a pillar of smoke or a pillar of fire you know and he manifested like that or a burning bush well however he wanted to do it when the three Hebrew children were thrown in a furnace of fire, they seen a fourth man walking with them in the midst of the fire. <clears throat> if he did any of those things, how would a person respond? You know, I would think it would have been in great reverence, mm-hmm. you know, that the God of creation comes and visits in a, some kind of form that, you, you know, you would really respond with tremendous awe and just drop right before him and we uh, we understand that because when we read in the book of revelations john the revelator when he uh, come face to face with the lord he dropped like a dead man and Mm -hmm. he the lord had to pick him up yeah so if that kind of a thing would happen and then when god appeared in the bodily form um we're going to see scripture about that in a moment but before we even read it i want to say this that if Jesus would appear before people, as he was manifested when he came up the first time around, um, there was, of course, people didn't understand what they were seeing at that time. And they, you know, some did, you know, as he uh, came into Jerusalem just before his crucifixion. He, he, you know, he came in on a colt and people laid their clothing down as a walkway for him. They put palm branches down. They they were in tremendous uh Uh, respect and awe of him coming in you know if he did that again what kind of response would he get from people today I would hope that they would you know respond the same way but then my my question was to the man I was talking to I said and what about the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that if the Holy Spirit God's willing to come down and take residency in us why isn't there more reverence 
Right. That is the spirit of God himself. So where's the reverence? You know, it's it just makes no sense to me that, you know, people, obviously, there's a little bit of ignorance in there. Well. Misunderstanding. I was actually just talking to Joe and Heidi on the other podcast about this because I was listening to somebody and I had this thought that people talk about God like he left the room when they leave church. Oh, yeah. And they act the same way. Yeah. And there is no reverence. No. And, and you know, in fact, you know, even when you you look at the, the fact that you be in church. Mm-hmm. Now, we want we want people to feel freedom and liberty and everything like that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, why would they be free? Why would there be liberty? It's from the powers of God. Right. And if the church is supposed to be a sanctuary, there should be a reverence there. And the very spirit of God is who you want to come into the church and be the main focus of it. But so there should be a, quite an element of honor and respect there. So when we, when, when we stop and think about this, we're talking, you know, <clears throat> now we, wasn't it in the podcast where you talked about the earnest uh, yeah. scriptures? And God put an earnest uh, payment down for the souls of humanity. And those are the ones that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not everybody, because the Bible says uh, there's many called. Many are called. What's the many? Everybody. Everybody's called by God. But who's chosen? Mm-hmm. The ones that answered the call. Those are the ones that are chosen. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says it's few. Because people really have not answered the call that God's calling them to. I was going to read you the definition for sanctuary. A place of refuge and safety in one context, but it's a holy place, the innermost recess or holiest part of a church, the part of the church containing the high altar, is what they say. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, now look at that. You know, when you see somebody doing something ungodly. Mm Mm-hmm. In that area, in the Old Testament, they probably would have been struck dead. Right. So people are really risking their lives by not reverencing that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah. Now, the other scripture I wanted to read next was uh, James 4.17, I do believe. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know, a lot of people debate and wonder what sin really is. You can't get any plainer than that. Mm-hmm. And and to know to do good and do it not, it is sin. Yeah. Now, that's pretty frightening. So, you know, because a lot of people have been told, you know, even if it's being raised by parents and they say, this is good, this isn't, this is good, this isn't. You know, they've been taught. Mm-hmm. And then when they do get into any kind of church setting, they learn most of the time it's scripture being discussed and read and, you know, trying to get people to have a diet of that in their lives. So every time we learn something and been taught, you know, mm-hmm. then the knowledge comes in. Now we're accountable. Right. So the Bible says to know to do good and do it not. It is sin. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty plain. And if people are doing something outside of the will and the purpose of God, and they know better, they know to do good, and they do it not, they're deliberately sinning. 
That's what the Bible's saying. Mm -hmm. So these things are something to be very cautious about, you know, how you respond to anything. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, um, say Rapha to no man. Now, there's a good uh, commentator that I read his stuff, and I, I really do have a tremendous uh, respect for him, and I, I think it's uh, pretty hard to find fault with him. Somebody probably can, you know, because you can find fault with all men. Yeah, you just have to look. Yeah, and you really have to look hard, I think, for some people because mm -hmm. they, they are good. They right. are anointed, and that's Oswald Chambers. Mm-hmm. And Oswald Chambers said that one of the hardest scriptures in the Bible to interpret in our language so people understand it is say Rapha to no man. Mm-hmm. And he said what it is is body language. He said, say Rapha to no man, it's like um, saying something to somebody with uh, blinking eyes, mm -hmm. rolling of eyes, you know, throwing the body. Yep. You know, Don't do those things because they're open for crazy interpretation. They're not usually good. Mm -hmm. you know, people are not going to interpret that in a good way. So he said, don't do it. Right. All right. Another scripture we're going to read before we ever get into our main contents tonight is um, First John, or no, the Gospel of John, yep. chapter 1. And we're going to read the first verse. In the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Is that it? Yeah. You're in the King James now? Oh, in the beginning was the Word. Yeah. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. My I bad. thought something was missing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, I was looking it up, but I was like, well, I know that by... Yeah, just memory. Memory. <clears throat> yeah. All right, do it completely now. Oh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I, I want everybody to pay attention to that, okay? In the beginning, in the beginning, mm -hmm. when God was a spirit... And just existed in the universe. Yep. He's a spirit being. And he was in the universe. And he says in the beginning was the word. Mm -hmm. That's all God had. He was a spirit with a word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. You can't separate them. Yep. But what happened was to reach humanity, he caused his word to be written. Mm -hmm. So that we can read it and we can speak it. So, in the beginning was a word, word was with God, word was God, and it still is. Mm -hmm. But he takes his word and puts it into print. The Bible says he spoke to men of old through the Spirit of God to what to write. Mm -hmm. So his anointing was on the Bible from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning was a word, word was with God, and the word was God. You cannot separate them. That's my point. You can't separate them. Yeah. So you wrote the word to know that there's a spirit force behind it, a law behind it that can work. And we're not talking about law as a written law. We're talking about a law as a force. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. You can't separate them. And then he had his word written for us, our benefit, mm -hmm. our maturity and he gives us a word so that we can speak it now nobody can separate the word from the spirit 
mm-hmm. because it was written by the Spirit. Okay, so this is really tremendous. Now, in verse 14 of the same chapter, if you would please read that one. By the way, that's a pretty impressive opening line, don't you think, for John? Yeah. I wonder how long he thought about it. When I was watching The Chosen, they talk about this line, and they portray John as kind of contemplating. He was like, how do I start this? Because he wanted to start writing things down. Mm -hmm. And he's like, kind of like through the episode, they would cut to him, and he'd be like, no, that's not right, like kind of workshopping his opening line. And then they finally got through the rest of the episode, and then they they finished it with him saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The way that they portrayed it. But anyway. But you know what? People need that uh, to understand that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, I want to believe this, but I don't want to believe this. Right. You read the Bible and sometimes you read scripture to people and then you minister to it and they say, well, I don't think God meant that. Verse 14 is, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes. So Jesus was the firstborn to be many like him. And he was born from the Word. Okay, now, when, when we, the Word became flesh, the Word was with God, the Word was God, so God came into flesh in the mm-hmm. form of Jesus Christ. Okay, now so somebody's going to reject the word. What are they rejecting? Him. Amen. Mm-hmm. They're rejecting him. So when people look, read the Bible, and the best context we have right now is the King James and the classic Amplified, because it helps amplify the very thing that God's trying to get to us. All right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away, add to it, it just amplifies Scripture. Right. So if a person says, I, yeah, I read that too, but I don't believe. Well, if you don't believe, it's certainly not for you. Yep. You've got to go find something else to have for your God. See, because you can't separate God from it. It is his word. So wherever you want to go, you have to go find a different God. Because he's a very loving, caring God. He came into flesh to redeem us. Mm-hmm. And, you, you, you know, what I want people to do is meditate on it sometime Get alone, get away from everybody, shut everything off, just sit back in the couch, get comfortable, and just sit and meditate on this thought that God, God that has no flaws, no guilt, no sin, nothing, nothing Mm -hmm. impure, and then he chose to come into impure flesh, Mm -hmm. and that was quite bad. I mean, somebody that said never, ever tasted of sin himself, Mm -hmm. chose to get into flesh, which became the flesh of Jesus, Mm -hmm. called his son. Yep. All right? And and he never tasted of sin, lived for 33 and a half years in that state. Mm -hmm. And then he went to the cross for us, and he took the sin of the universe on him. Someone that never, ever touched sin. He took the rap. He took the rap for us. Absolutely. It's like if you get... Was it you that was just telling me about the twins that got in a terrible accident and they switched clothing? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were trying to, one was trying to save the other one. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the one did drugs and the other one didn't. And we wanted to get away so they didn't get a violation and go to jail mm -hmm. or prison. Think about all these things like the Innocence Project, right? Like they look at people that are in prison for many years that were wrongfully convicted and they work right. really hard to get them out. And I think people lose sight of the fact sometimes that Jesus took the rap for you. Yeah. He let you walk free if you choose. Yeah. If you choose to. Because some people still, even though it's like watching, can you imagine if like two best friends get in trouble with the law for drugs and one takes the rap for the other and the other walks free and the the kid goes to prison for him, right? And, and then the guy turns around and picks up drugs again and gets caught anyway. Yeah. yeah. And there's people that are, they'll, they'll let Jesus take the rap and then they'll still go back into sin and go to prison anyway yeah not respect that and, no and and then come and portray them to the world yeah because that's what there's expected mm -hmm. you know to portray his righteousness and his purity and his yeah. good to the rest of the people in the world so they'll come to him mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really something and you know uh, you know people have you know, kind of drifted away from the word, the truth of it. Yeah. And they've kind of d picked up doctrines that will be uh, satisfying to the human flesh mm -hmm. more than the spirit of a person. I think of so many different times in like movies or TV shows, you see these guys who have this like twisted loyalty to the person that took the rap for him, you know, like, oh, I owe him. I owe him my life. And there's this, it's portrayed in Hollywood all the time. Yeah. This idea that, well, I owe this person everything because they took the rap for me years ago. But then they, they can't bring themselves to believe in God. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and there's, um, you know, again, we, we discussed this once before, though. But, mm -hmm. but uh, in, in uh, the book of Romans, we find out in the first chapter, you can read it for yourself, that God created humanity in a certain way. He created them with a conscience. Mm -hmm. Every person that's born into this world has a conscience. And God instilled that in humanity for the reason that they'll never stand before him and be able to say, I didn't know. Because from the very creation itself to the different witnesses down through a person's life, they have no reason not to believe of the reality of God and what he did and what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So they'll never, nobody will ever have an excuse in front of him for not coming to him and receiving him as their father. Yep. So um, these are just some opening scriptures that I wanted to do to, you know, give people a good idea um, of the reality of God, the, the, uh, the assurity of God. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one time they were doing a, a fundraising thing and, uh, you know, in, in collecting money and you know people were calling in and say well, what do you do and then they'd tell them and then they'd say well how much you want to donate you know mm -hmm. and i called in and i said i'm an assurance agent oh you're an insurance agent i said no i'm assurance agent i assure people god's real mm -hmm. you know and, and i didn't want that twisted yeah. <laughs> i said i'm gonna make a donation but i'm an assurance agent here Mm -hmm. I, I like to assure people that the reality of God is there. Right. So when you, uh, you, you pick up a Bible and you read, you know, there's going to be a witness because it's God's word. 
in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It still is. Praise the Lord. So every time you read the Bible, you're reading God's will and testament, and the reality of it is going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. There will be something that clicks on the inside of you for the truth. Now, unless somebody really went out of their way to de defy that word to you and instill some real strong doubt, they're wrong, but mm -hmm. that may have happened, so you got to find your way out of it. You know, yep. you got you got to seek God and get delivered of that. Mm -hmm. All right. So knowing that the word that was written, either Jesus himself, when he was doing it, he spoke, or if it was men of old that were influenced by the Holy Spirit of God and told them what to write, mm -hmm. either way you look at it, it's God speaking. Now, with that in mind, I want to go to Acts chapter 10 tonight. Okay. And we're going to start right in the first verse, and it might take a little bit, but we're going to try to get through it tonight. Um, and I, I need people to really pay attention because there's some that, things that I'm going to tell you up front that people have misinterpreted <laughs> once again and taken them out of context and used them for personal reasons or just denied them for personal reasons. And we want to try to straighten that out tonight. Mm -hmm. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked at him, he was afraid, and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. All right. Now, what verse are you in? That was through 8. Okay. Now, just hang on for a second. Mm -hmm. I want to go back. And I think last week I said something about this or maybe the week before. But I'm going to reiterate it tonight. Mm -hmm. When I was with a young man at a Bible study, and he started sharing with me about a dream that he had. And when he got all finished with it, and the dream was good, mm -hmm. he said, that's the night I believe I got saved when I had that dream. Two days later, I'm talking to another person that's 40-some years old, maybe 42 or so. And I was talking to him, and lo and behold, he starts telling me about a dream that he had. Mm -hmm. And when he got finished telling me, I didn't discount the dream on either one of these men. I didn't want to, you know, tell him there was anything bad about it. But I said, I got to do something that's in context with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And because both of them told me they got saved because of this dream. And I said, you didn't get saved because there's only one way to salvation. It's through the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. You got to do what Jesus said in the word of God to get born again and have the blood applied to your life. And I said, your dream was maybe to draw you closer but you mm -hmm. did not get saved through a dream. And I had to make that clear. Yep. Now, this man just had the sort of same sort of thing here. That's mm -hmm. what you're reading about right now. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I just had to connect it to it because, you know, I wasn't thinking about this chapter when I was telling you about the two people. Mm -hmm. So, but what a good witness here. 
Right. right? So now, with that in mind, I want you to go ahead and pick it up again. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they were they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now what verse is that? That one's through 16. Okay, now just hang on a second, please. Don't lose your place. No. All right, it, I think it's remarkable because it just struck me as you were reading mm-hmm. that, first of all, Cornelius had a dream or a visitation. Yep. And he was told that if he wanted some answers that he needed, he was supposed to, supposed to send for Peter. And he told him exactly who and where that he was supposed to get him from. Yep. Now he sends some of his best men there mm-hmm. to recruit Peter. All right. Yep. So now they're on their way there. So it jumps over to talk about Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I find it remarkable because he said he was hungered. Yeah, he was hungry. Yeah. And they weren't ready to f- serve dinner. <laughs> so he fell into a trance. Yeah. And what does he have a trance about? He had the vision about this great sheet. It was like a bag, right? Because it's knit at the four corners. Yeah, big sheet. Uh huh. Knit of things to eat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's he's already on the way to, to paying attention. He's hungry, and then he, he goes into a trance, and it's all food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and God's showing him, and he says, here, take. And, and now there's a food chain in the Bible that you can find yeah. of things God doesn't want you to eat. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to throw this in quickly just to get people's attention. Pork is one of them. You know. Yeah, I know. That's hurtful. And, and God put the, the food chain out there, but why did, he, why did he have pork involved in it? Now, I'm going to say this not to get controversy going. Right. I'm going to say it to get your attention. Yeah. See, because Peter's hungry. And he mm-hmm. wants something to eat. Well, for for him, an unclean food was the swine. Mm-hmm. And they called it an unclean food. Now, the reason God did that is because, you know, things that he didn't think were healthy for humans, he didn't want them eating. Mm-hmm. Why was the swine picked? Well, it was a animal that doesn't sweat. And it's unclean. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it eats anything. Yeah, it eats its own babies, you know, and it eats so many unclean things, and it doesn't sweat, it doesn't get bacteria out of it. Dad, don't ruin pork for me. And he said, <laughs> "Please, I don't want you to eat that." <laughs> now, I'm trying to give a visual here for people because I know that's what God did for Peter. He mm-hmm. brings this sheet down with all these creatures that he said are unclean to eat, and he tells him to kill and eat. And it was creeping things too. Yeah, yuck. And, and, you know, so people get a, get a visual of the Bible here because mm-hmm. God's trying to relay messages. Yeah. You know? So he's telling them these things are unclean and you can't, you can't have them, you know. 
Now, I'm going to tell you this, because a lot of people, when they don't read the entire context of the chapter, mm-hmm. they don't read it. They just come across that verse. Yeah. Right? So then when Jesus, you know, when, when God is telling Peter in this vision, he says, kill and eat, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a, lot, a lot of people, when they want to eat anything they want, they say, well, God told them he could, you know, take mm-hmm. this unclean thing and eat it. So if God told Peter to, we can too, you know, but I'm going to straighten you out on that in just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to we're going to jump go ahead and uh we're going to pick that up when Peter was uh, just getting done with this vision and the the, lift, the sheet lifted up away yep. from his uh, attention now and it and, went back into heaven. Yes. Now where he woke up, go ahead. Now while Peter doubted himself in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow... Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Now, it's, it's, I want to say this because earlier we said that many are called, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Many are called. What is, what is many? Everybody. Everybody's called by God to come to him. Yeah. But few are chosen. And why is that? Mm-hmm. Because many don't answer the call. You've got to answer the call to find yourself chosen. All right? Now, what happened with this man? God was calling him. It didn't mean he was saved yet. But the Spirit of the Lord came to him, and he's calling him. And he instructs him on what to do, and that's to reach Peter. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I want people to see this. This man is at his place, and a, a word comes from God to him. He instructs him on what to do, to reach out to a man that can help him. And then he comes, and then God before they get there to get him, gives him a vision. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we read earlier about Paul's situation. Did we not? Yeah. When Paul got saved? Mm-hmm. Well, how, what happened there? God struck Paul, who was Saul at the time, he changed his name, on blind on the road to Damascus, and he ministered to him. Mm-hmm. And was Saul saved by that experience? No. Mm-mm. No, God appeared to him in a light, a bright light that blinded him, took his sight right out. And then he told him exactly where to go to find a man that could help him get back to health. Can I, do you know that, I don't know if you've heard this already because you guys watch a lot of the news, but I read an article a day or two ago 
that over 200 men simultaneously in the same night had the same dream of Jesus in Gaza. My. Like this week that happened. See, now these are the things that God does for people. But they knew that that didn't save them because they now are seeking God. And that's why they were doing this article. Because, and the first thing I thought of is, I think it was Joe that said the other day about Ishmael. Because that's where this whole thing starts, is Isaac right. and Ishmael. Yeah, and he split. said that God, in the Bible it says God, God told Abraham he would make a way for him. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're so entrenched, I mean, they were, they've been born and raised in Islam, right? Yeah. And like how do you, they're just as convinced that they're right as anybody, as, as Saul we was, are. As Saul was. Right. He was killing Christians, and yes. that was his godly duty. Yeah. Yeah. And now 200 men in the same night in Gaza have this dream of Jesus where he came to them. Wow. Isn't that something? Bible all over again. Right. Yeah, the written word. Mm-hmm. So when my point was that, you know, many are called. These are dis- different ways God calls people, but only a few are going to be chosen in the end. Chosen for what? Chosen to come get raptured out of here mm-hmm. and be his people, all right? So people want to pay attention to this. You've got to answer the call and get in the chosen list. It's very important. This, that happened with Saul on the road to Damascus. God mm-hmm. set him up with a man that would give him his sight back, and he would get him baptized in the Holy Ghost, all right? Now, Peter is getting this vision from God that these people are going to be coming to him, and they're going to ask him to go with them. And he said, go with them. When this happens, just get up and go. So Cornelius and his family are waiting for him. They had a word from the Lord. Peter gets a vision now that he's supposed to go with them. So let's continue and see what happens. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Oh, see, it's all coming together. Yes. Therefore, you know, also, he got that revelation rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, some people take years. Well, you know. (laughs) To put two and two together. See, I want people to grab this because it's important, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because in their day, it was, it was a, a Gentile was just like those animals on that sheet. Mm-hmm. The Gentiles were just like those unclean things that he was showing Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay? They had, um, <laughs> if you go back in history, you'll find out that for a Gentile, they could be sold on a slave uh stump you know yeah they were like a piece of machinery to have on your property you know the block yeah Yeah. the the, the auction block yes and you know they were the lowest of low you know people got to understand this you know (laughs) when peter was a jew and he was being sent to a gentile's home 
to get them saved. Mm-hmm. And that was unheard of. So this is a miraculous thing taking place here. Yep. All right. So when he's showing him those unclean things, and then he's connecting the unclean things, not with a diet for the day, but with the fact that he has to go to unclean, what the Jewish world thought was an unclean world, to get them saved. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't have nothing to do with what you're going to put in your gut. It had to do with a spiritual mission that he was on. Mm-hmm. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I ask therefore for what intent ye have sent me for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. All right, what verse is that? 35. All right, now i got to stop you there. Now I want you to listen to this. He said God would receive anybody, anybody from any nation mm-hmm. that will worketh what? What did it say? Righteousness. Yeah. You hear this? I want you to hear it very clearly. God will receive anybody from any nation if they worketh righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now I want to stop right there before we go continue on this, and I want to say this. When Jesus appeared before John the Baptist at the Jordan Mm -hmm. and he wanted to get baptized, John said, I can't baptize you. You're the Messiah. You should be baptizing me. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, no, no. He said, John, you have to do this because he said, we have to fulfill all righteousness. Mm -hmm. So Jesus himself, who had never sinned, never done the things that we would consider sin in our minds, but yet he was in flesh. Mm-hmm. Just because he was a fleshly human being, because flesh lost their rights to righteousness when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And even if Jesus was in the flesh, he was in flesh, the flesh had to be redeemed and saved. Mm-hmm. So Jesus himself had to get baptized to destroy the works of the flesh. Right. Okay? Now you've got another whole, another whole group of people here in this chapter you're reading about, that have to be saved. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a vision that saves them. It wasn't what they eat saves them. It was the idea of coming in the purity and the righteousness of the same thing Christ did. Mm -hmm. All right? Now go ahead and pick it up again. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 
and we are all witnesses of all the things he did in the both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For he heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, let's not go no further for a moment. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, before, you must have been several verses back, and um, I can't have you read reread the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it, this phrase was listed in there, okay? Mm-hmm. The Word was sent to them. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was God. In the 14th verse, the Word became flesh. And dwelt among them. Yes. The Word was was sent sent to to them. them. The same thing that Mm -hmm. with Peter, with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the firstborn of uh, many. Mm -hmm. Now Peter's one of the born after him. Yep. And the Word's coming through him now. Mm-hmm. See, the Word has to be in you. Yeah. The Spirit has to be in you. In the beginning mm-hmm. was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh to be the first many, and now Peter's one of the many mm-hmm. chosen, glory to God. Now he's being sent to the Gentiles. They had not got received salvation at all yet, mm-hmm. but they were being called because the man had a vision. He had a visitation from God to go mm-hmm. and do what he has to do to get salvation. Yeah. Now, just at the preaching of the word, just as, as, as he's preaching the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. Peter is, just at that word, the spirit fell on these people, and it said they got baptized in the spirit, mm-hmm. and they began to speak in tongues. So when, when you, well, you're looking for that, I want to say this, that oh. we back up and we go back to some of the other teachings we did in the book of Acts, and this is all lining up from chapter 1, chapter 2, mm-hmm. and chapter 8. Now look at it in chapter 10. You've really got to understand that God has a way. Mm-hmm. First of all, he says, I am the way. Yep. And then he, he makes the way. He's, he brings it out and shows people the way to come to him. Now the reason I'm, this is so important is I want, to, I want to tell people this. No man can make it on their own. Mm-hmm. Even if we're not talking about salvation and rapture and going to heaven, you know, even now on this life, mm-hmm. people don't have the power to he- save themselves. Yeah. They don't have the p- way to help themselves out of many problems. Mm-hmm. But God can make a way. But you have to have God. Yeah. You can't, you can't just say, well, he exists and, you know, I deserve the right. No, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says that the thoughts and imagination of man are evil at all times. They can't do it. So we need Christ. We need him in our lives now, mm-hmm. on this earth. All right. 
we're not just looking to go to the New Jerusalem, which is going to be the most beautiful hope we have. But but in the meantime, we need him here. Mm-hmm. Not only is he ticket to get out of here when we die, mm-hmm. but he's also our help, our counselor, our our our, our the love of our lives mm-hmm. right here now where we're at. Right. Right. So now I want everybody to pay attention to what just happened. Just at the very word, these people's hearts were already open and ready for God. And when he gave them the, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus did to get them saved, just at that assurance of that word, boom, the Holy Spirit hit them, and they all began to speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. The sign of God saying, this one's mine. Yep. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now listen, he, they, they just at the word alone, they mm-hmm. didn't lay hands on him, didn't make contact with him, just yep. teaching them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and how to receive him. Mm-hmm. Boom, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Then, then Peter says, who can forbid these people water? Yeah. Because they have to have both baptisms. Mm-hmm. The baptism in, of the remission of their sins yep. and the baptism of the power of God. Mm-hmm. Both are needed. And people, a lot of times, you know, people minister to other people and they say, well, you got the Holy Spirit when you got baptized in water. Well, you got the Holy Spirit when you called upon the name of the Lord. Well, you got the Holy Spirit when you repented of your sins. None of that is true. None of that is scripturally true. The Holy Spirit comes when your heart's wide open for God. You receive him as the Messiah, and you allow him to come in, and he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Mm -hmm. And in every occasion of it, they spoke in other tongues. There will be a witness in your life that you have received that power Mm -hmm. because the power will work through you. Yeah. And it'll have you speaking in other tongues. Now, a lot of people don't don't get that taught in their churches. Why? Because the leadership didn't do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And what they don't have, they can't give. Right. But now here, Peter was sent to him, this whole family and all their friends mm-hmm. to get them saved because, what? They were Gentiles. They weren't even not a bloodline of yeah. God. But they were adopted he into his family. He wasn't even supposed to be there with them, he said. Right. He wasn't even supposed to be they in their home. They weren't meant to commingle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yet, and yet, you know, when Jesus went to the well and met that woman, mm-hmm. they were a mixed breed of people where he went in Samaria. Yep. That were Jews mixed with Gentiles, and the actual Jews didn't want nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. And yet, when Jesus was going there, they said, hey, you can't go there. They'd want to kill you because you're a Jew. Right. And he said, you got to work while it's day, you know. And he went there there to save somebody. So when we read this chapter... The main point that I'm going to make right here is this, that when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you still get commanded to get baptized in water. Why? The remission of sins. Not the forgiveness, the remission. There's a difference. The remission takes them totally annihilated as if they've never existed, and they're through in a sea of forgetfulness, and God never sees them. Mm-hmm. If it's just plain forgiveness, it's still featuring itself over and over and over. And everybody sees it, and they know about it. But in the eyes of God, he says if it's remitted, it's gone, mm-hmm. never to be mentioned again. So when those two things have to happen, they both have to happen. 
You get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized in water. You get water baptism, you need to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're both there, and both are real, and God wants you to have them both. So, by God, let it happen. <laughs> yeah. And I hope you're listening today. I hope you get something out of this because God wants you to be filled. And he loves you and he's calling you. Even by this podcast, he is calling you to come to a greater way than you've ever experienced before, to come and get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. God bless you all. I hope we get to talk to you again next week.